Hi, I'm Elisa Preston. You're listening to Praise Through It. This podcast is based on Philippians 4.8, which says, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, whatever is excellent and praiseworthy, think about these things. My hope for our short time together will always be to help you feel better from the inside out. With some truth and some comfort, we will look at old burdens in a new way. We'll start to see life in a way that brings hope and in a way that shows the glimmer of light that inevitably shines even in the daily grind. So if that's something you're working on or you'd like to be a part of, listen in. I started writing this episode while sitting at my grandmother's apartment. She was still resting and I was working in the living room. I was waiting for her to get up so we could watch either Friends or Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. I would try Zoe first, but I would switch it if she didn't get into it. Turns out I didn't have the chance for either because she wanted to watch Mike and Molly. And when a 93-year-old woman wants to laugh at a sitcom, you let her sit there and laugh at a sitcom. It's easy to think of someone like our grandparents as being in the last season of their lives because it's easy to think of seasons as being these huge chunks of time in our lives, especially right now as we in the Western Hemisphere await the arrival of spring. The weather seasons march with the other capital S seasons of our lives. You know the ones, the very clearly marked ones, school seasons, relationship seasons of single, dating, engaged, newly married, seasoned in marriage, the various parenting seasons, the seasons of this career, that career, no career. Those are capital S seasons we think of when we consider our life's story, the ones that clearly mark chapters of our lives, the ones that help us remember what happened when. From this very clear time until this other very clear time, life was like this. These are good, important ways to consider our lives. Seasons help us understand what's going on and probably a little bit about what's going to happen. An easy example is to think of teachers, to include you homeschooling parents. From a week before school until a week after school, you are tired and you are doing miraculous, beautiful big, important things. I like these seasons. They are why I remember the photos next to our bed were taken between 2008 and 2012. Deployment, post-deployment, and a two-year stint in Cincinnati. Those clear seasons are why I remember dates that my family members don't. Those seasons are why I remember what my husband was wearing when he waited for me outside my last class of the day the semester we met very clear timelines. They exist for a reason, and I like them. Also, I have become a little more interested in the lowercase s seasons, because I think these do as much defining, if not more, than the capital S seasons of life. What do I mean by little s seasons? I mean the ones that live inside those big s seasons and are just as distinctive. The seasons of prolonged joy, the seasons of prolonged sadness, the seasons of grief, rejoicing, 
gratitude, the seasons of friendship, the seasons of binge watching a new favorite show, the seasons of depression and anxiety, seasons of exceptional confidence. Those are the little s seasons that I'm not sure we pay enough attention to. I think we too often fold those little s seasons into the big s seasons, conflating the entire season with only one feeling, assigning ourselves these absolute traits based on the ebb and flow of the human experience. I think we miss the fact that these little s seasons could be looked at as states of our lives instead of traits of our lives and our personhood. State versus trait is a parenting principle, actually, that I learned years ago. It speaks to the idea of parenting toward the state of our child, such as tired, rather than the trait of our child when he or she is in that state, such as angry. So, for example, I would focus on getting my tired panda to bed instead of arguing with my tired panda about why she can't put her suction cup toothbrush on the ceiling. Parenting toward the tired instead of the angry. Tired is the temporary state, angry is the trait. If I parent toward the angry, shame gets involved and we can get ourselves to thinking our kid is just an angry kid. We assign them this permanent trait. Whereas if I parent toward the temporary state of being tired, we all get rest and we're all happy campers the next day, hopefully. What about doing the same for our little s seasons? What if we took the pressure off of ourselves and considered these seasons, especially the tough ones of depression, anxiety, grief, sadness, agitation, all those things, as seasons, states of our lives, instead of traits of our lives and our personhood? What if we didn't assign them to who we are and we just assigned them to this portion, this season of our lives? A season of depression can be just that a season. The event or experience that pushed you into the season doesn't have to make you a depressed person. By assigning depression to a season that keeps it in a temporary state rather than assigning you a potentially harmful and inaccurate trait, then you work toward health by parenting yourself, caring for yourself out of the state instead of condemning yourself to the trait from now until forever. You get out of the spiral of thinking, I guess this is who I am now, and instead say to yourself, this is what I'm experiencing right now. It won't be who I am from now until forever. It's the same with a season of anxiety. A season of anxiety can be just that, a season. The event or experience or a collection of them that are fueling you to feel anxious doesn't have to make you an anxious person, period, end of sentence. By assigning anxiety to a season that keeps it in a temporary state and reminds your brain and your body that you can and will come out of it. Remember, I am a huge believer in prayer, therapy, and community when it comes to these seasons. But that's not the focus of what I wanted to say today. What I want to say today is that the work you do and the help you get to move through these tough seasons will help you not assign them from states into traits. When you're in these tough seasons, doing the work and getting the help is an indicator of health, strength, courage, and maturity, not a resignation to a downward spiral of who you are as a human. 
Now, what about those seasons on the other end of the spectrum? The joyous ones, the seasons of gratitude, achievement, rejoicing, confidence. Should we consider those little s seasons too instead of taking them on as traits? Here's why I think yes. Maybe a yes and. Maybe we can do both because I know we want to associate ourselves with those positive traits. Here's also why we can consider them little s seasons. To take the pressure off when we don't feel that way anymore. If we start to think of our lives as moving in and out of various seasons that don't only include the greeting card events, we'll be a lot softer with ourselves when our feelings change. If we consider the joyous season of a new job as just that, a season of joy and novelty, then when that honeymoon period fades and the job isn't as shiny to us anymore, we won't second guess ourselves and wonder if we made the wrong choice. Think of how powerful that can be in terms of our relationships. If we consider the fact that our marriages and friendships will go through easy, joyous periods, as well as difficult, annoying seasons, we'll be easier on ourselves and on our people because we will have the temporary state in mind instead of assigning potentially inaccurate and harmful traits. Now, how do we do this? To me, it is all in the language. I was on vacation in a Spanish-speaking country last month, and thankfully I was with someone who is fluent in the language. I know some Spanish, having taken six years in high school, but that was like 20 plus years ago. At the end of the week, I asked for a refresher on a few things, namely the verbs ser and estar. Pardon my lack of perfect pronunciation. Ser and estar both mean a form of the verb to be, but here's the catch. Ser means is, estar means be. Ser is used for things that cannot change. Estar is used for things that can change. I am happy. Yo estoy feliz. I am from America. Soy de América. Estoy is the conjugation of a star, and soy is a conjugation of ser. I can change the fact that I'm happy. I am happy. Estoy feliz. I can bonk my head on a cabinet corner. That would hurt and might put a damper on my good mood. I am from America. Soy de América. I cannot change the fact that I was born at Genesee Valley Hospital in Rochester, New York. My great-grandparents settled here after arriving from Italy in the early 1900s, and I just do not have the time-traveling powers I wish I had. In English, though, we have the same word for stating our happiness as we do for stating our nationality. I am happy. I am American. Here's what I think. Just because we don't have the technical language to distinguish between a state and a trait doesn't mean we can't borrow from the Spanish's linguistic principles. If you're going through a season of depression and anxiety, it's okay to say that. I feel depressed. I feel anxious. I am depressed right now. I am anxious right now. Take the extra time to make it a temporary state rather than a permanent trait. If you're going through grief, if you're going through a season of grief, it's okay to say that. I am grieving. I feel insurmountable grief right now. Add that little qualifier so you know, I won't be grieving in this same crippling way for the rest of my days. Language for the happy seasons is a little different, I think. We want to be joyful people, right? 
by nature, we want to experience that emotion on a regular basis. And if you're a person of faith, scripture tells us we can be joyful as we keep the eternal perspective that God's got it all under control. So why would we add a qualifier for the joyful seasons? Because we end up being too hard on ourselves, so hard on ourselves when we are not jumping out of our skin with joy, which is an energy absolutely nobody can sustain. We get into this pit of thinking that if we're not exuding joy or contentment or gratitude 24-7, there's something not right. But that's just not human. So if we consider our joy as part of who we are, a state, and not the whole of who we are, then we will be more gracious with ourselves when the joy fades and something else takes over for a bit. I recently read this beautiful story of honor a woman named Joy Natanya Thompson wrote for her grandmother Zelda. Zelda was orphaned young by the Holocaust, and she survived multiple concentration camps. She lost most of her family at a very young age. Joy knew her grandmother Zelda as a woman who danced unabashedly who wore bright red lipstick and had a bustling social life and always had a gleeful, excited greeting when she saw her grandchildren. Zelda also, in 2020, lost a son to COVID. The day of his funeral, she wore black, she wore no bright red lipstick, and she cried. Down the road, Zelda eventually was back to gleeful greetings on the phone when Joy would call her to chat. In Joy's story of Zelda, I saw more than Zelda's resolve to live and choose joy, though I saw her do that. I also saw a woman who understood that life ebbed and flowed. A woman who understood life went on between and after moments of great heartache. A woman who understood that she could weep for the one more heart that she just lost, and it didn't take away from her general feelings of Mazel Tov. Changing our language has great power. It changes the course of our brains, our minds, and our bodies. We can't change the actual laws of physics, and sometimes we cannot change our situation. We can, however, change our words, which helps us change our minds, and then we can change the frame we use to see our lives and ourselves. If we treat those little s seasons of our lives as ebb and flow states instead of permanent traits, We'll be more gracious when we come out of the glorious ones, and we won't get stuck in the mucky ones because we will remember that they're not forever either. It is healthy for our language to reflect that ebb and flow because the only thing that absolutely does not ebb and flow is the presence and power of God. The Lord is gracious to us in all seasons, big S seasons and little S seasons. In Psalm 48:14, he says, For this God is our God forever and ever. He will be our guide even to the end. Psalm 23 talks about how God walks with us during seasons of rest, hardship, and restoration. Ecclesiastes 3 reminds us that seasons are for feelings and events, not just for greeting card moments. That's just how it goes. And I really do believe that if we count all the seasons as seasons, not just the big obvious ones, but the little ones too, then we will be more apt to see God working. We'll be more compassionate and patient with ourselves and others, and we'll get the chance to experience the fuller, 
more abundant side of life God so graciously offers us. I was so excited to come back to Praise Through It after taking a month off from most of my screen time. Instagram was off my phone the entire month. I loved it. I took two vacations, wrote a lot, read some, rewatched some of Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist, started a puzzle, took a lot of walks, and decided on some new limits. And that's what I know Little S Seasons can do for us. They can move us forward during these big S seasons of life. Nothing big changed in my life from January 31st through today, but my heart is lighter. My feet and my mind are quicker. I saw myself living in a little less season of fog, made some new choices, and now I'm enjoying a little S season of renewal. All of that is human, and all of that is okay. Before I send you away with a blessing for this week, I want to encourage you to become part of my Monday and Friday cruise. Mondays are when I send a blessing, a short soulful meditation for you to start your week. My Friday crew is for adulting tips framed by the Enneagram, which is my favorite personality assessment tool. I am a certified Enneagram coach, and I absolutely love helping people understand that they're not weird. They're just human and they're human on purpose. That is the work that I do, and that is what Friday Crew is for. You can join one or both of those crews at elisapreston.com. You can also learn how to work with me when you're there, which I would absolutely love to do. Thank you so much for choosing to spend time with me today. There are millions of voices in your podcast app, and the fact that you chose here means a ton. If you're up for spreading the love, please make sure you're following along or you're subscribed, however your app words it, and tell your friends. You can leave a rating or review in your podcast app, or you can simply send this episode or another one to a friend. All of those things help podcasters big time. For the little S seasons of your life, I'd like to send you off with a blessing for this week. May you embrace the humanity of the ebb and flow of your days. May you encounter God in little s seasons as he shows you how much care he takes in taking care of you. May you enjoy the lightness of a seasonal change whenever that might be for you. And may you experience the fullness of riches God offers his children when they lay their hearts in all seasons, at his feet.